Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And a wonderful day to you. This is Brad Zocco, and you're listening to the Questions About Heaven podcast. We have had, I think, about 250 podcasts, and we have been aiming every podcast to talk about heaven. The God of heaven, Jesus, the way to heaven, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, end times, the new Jerusalem, the book of Revelation. It's tying with the prophecies of Daniel and other things, just all the way through this year of, well, it's over a year that we've had these podcasts. And I want to thank you so much for your questions, your comments, your support, your encouragement, your prayers. It's a wonderful thing. Hey, I want to thank you also for your encouragement and your invitations to come and speak in your part of the country. On February 11th, I will be in Salisbury, Maryland, speaking at Calvary Baptist Church, Calvary Baptist Tabernacle, to be exact, in Salisbury, Maryland, in the morning service in Salisbury, and then in the evening, going across the state line in Delaware over to Bridgeville, Delaware, and a community Bible gathering over at the Sugar Shack Bakery. Miss Danae and her husband are opening up their doors for an evening Bible study on heaven, and we're going to have a Q&A time there as well. You're invited there if you are up in the Chesapeake Bay region to each of, the, each of those places. The next week, it will be in uh, February 18th. It's going to be on Sunday. And I will be in Dayton, Texas, D-A-Y-T-O-N, Dayton, Texas, at South Dayton Baptist Church. This will be my second time there with Pastor Mike Melligan and the wonderful folks in Dayton, down near Houston. I'll be there for the morning and the evening service. I invite you, my Lone Star friends and uh, those from anywhere in the region, to come on over and enjoy a day, a morning and an evening service. The following week, I'll be in Fayetteville, Georgia, and that will be on Saturday and Sunday, a two-day Heaven is Home conference. We will start about 5.30 on Saturday, 24th, at, in, um, that was going to be in Fayetteville, Georgia, with Pastor Brian Parrish at Lisbon Baptist Church, L-I-S-B-O-N, Lisbon Baptist Church, and we will be there for the, uh, well, let's see, I think the morning and the evening service on Sunday as well. Q&A time, ask questions, write them down or ask them from the congregation Wonderful, wonderful time. And then we move into March, where, as I'm very excited to tell you, I will be flying into California and speaking at the Calvary Baptist Church in Hollister, California. Calvary Baptist Church in Hollister, California. As a matter of fact, the night before, I will be in Salinas for a Bible study, a community Bible study there as well. And we'll give you more details about that. Looking very much forward to that. If you'd like to purchase one of our books. We have two books available in the Heaven is Home series so far, What is Heaven All About? and Heaven, the Adventure Begins. They're both available on Amazon, and a portion of those proceeds helps me in my travels. I thank you so much. Welcome to the Barn Studio. I am here today in the evening time doing some paperwork and doing some renovation, but it's time for me to stop and for us to take a look at the scriptures and enjoy what the Lord has once again in the promises of heaven. We've talked about this, that uh, we're going to be comforted as we see uh, the Isaiah 51, 12. 
I am he who comforts you. We see the promises of the feasting of Matthew chapter 8 and verse 11. The fact that it, 1 Corinthians 15 verses 53 through 57, there's no corruption in our bodies. In Luke 6, 21, there will be laughter. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is we have, once again, some people that would say, I, I, am, I fear heaven. Look, I'm just afraid that I don't know what we're going to be doing. Or there have been numerous people that have lost loved ones, and they said, how do we know that heaven is interesting, that there's any activity, that uh, this is going to be a good place, or is it just, are there people are going to be bored? Are we going to be able to uh, smile? And there are all these different questions that I'm really surprised whenever I uh, look at these different uh, questions, because when you go through the scripture, you're going to see a number of places in which it tells you the many, many promises of the joy. Well, think about it. We've talked about this, Isaiah 55 and verse 11. Happiness in heaven will endure forever. And we have this inheritance, as 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 says, it's an inheritance for all these things. Verse 4 of Revelation 21. You're not going to die, not going to have any pain, no more depression. This is an inheritance that is undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Now, the reason why today I want to talk with you from another angle as to why we can, with assured, uh, an assured way, present to you why I see in the Bible so much the promise that it's going to be better than, well, it's just like what Jesus says in John 10.10. 10. I've come to bring you life and bring it more abundantly. It's overflowing. And how can we say that? Well, I want you to think about this, okay? So what happens is you have, let's say you have a million dollars, and uh, this million dollars is designated for housing. Now, you're not in a high-occupancy city where the prices are, are up. You have land with this. Let's say you have 10 acres, and you're in a place where the average house would be around, oh, let's say maybe $300,000. So a million, you're talking about something, and you want some extras here and there. And uh, so the you, you go to a contractor. Let's say I'm the contractor, and you have this money. Let's say it's a million and a half. And you say, I want you to design it, to build it. Now, here's what we need. We're a family of so many, you say, and then I'd like the kitchen over here, a window facing that scenery over there some trees uh, that will be planted over here, and you give some general idea of the bedrooms and uh, the living room, dining room setup and such. You have a general idea. You make this payment, and it's a sizable upfront payment. What kind of a house do you think you'll get? You come back within two months, let's say. It's done. You walk in. There's no carpeting. It's just bare floor. The windows are something that was bought from a cut-rate company. You can pra practically push them out with your hand. Uh, the walls are made out of particle board. Uh, the roof is tin. There's no gutter. There's not even an attic. It's just there. It's just a shelter. The water is has to be hand-pumped. The toilets are really just outside as an outhouse. Would you expect this? Well, of course not, especially not in today's time. Not even in the secular world would that be acceptable with that. I mean, there might be a court case. I mean, I gave you this money, and this is what you gave me. 
and I gave you this these funds, I gave you so much. Well, I want you to think about this because here's the thing. We have found Christ and we have given our lives to him. He is our savior, he is our king. Our salvation has taken away the sin of the condemnation. Jesus, Hebrews 10 and verse 12, died one sacrifice for those sins. Uh, Romans chapter 6 and verse 10, he was the sacrifice to that sin. And so we've given our lives to him. And in a sense, he's given his life to us. And then we say, well, when we die, we're going to be in your presence. And we're reading in the scriptures like John chapter 14, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where you say, Lord, it's home. So what's home going to be? So we get to heaven. It's a decrepit, boring place. It has a musty smell. Everything around is just plain granite. Everybody's in robes and barefoot, walking around staring at each other. There's one tree that's giving fruit, uh, as some people would say, and there's just a river, a meandering river, and that's about it. Really? You know, there are so many suppositions and conjectures about the boringness of heaven that absolutely amaze me. And I can give you many passages that we've talked about so many different times on the activity of heaven, the wonder of heaven, the joy of heaven, the love of heaven. But I want to bring something a little bit different today. Remember I talked about the creator, the builder, in my illustration, that they would not take this money and then give you something half-hearted, all right? They realize that their reputation as a builder, that their care for you and getting to know you is important. They have designed this uh, for you. And they make a presentation that is quite stunning. And they do that. Now, we look and we see God is the creator. He is making this home, designing it with his talents, his riches, his power. Why would we ever think that heaven is going to be anything less than stupendous? We're already given the hint, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, that it's beyond our imagination. So I want to present to you here, we often say God is the creator, but I'm going to throw something else at you. God is the creative. I want you to think about this. When we look at God in the scriptures, just what he has done on earth, Think of what he's done. Why would we think there's anything less in heaven? Psalm 95, verses 4 and 5. In his hands are the depth of the earth and also the mountain peaks. He has made the dry land. He has made the seas. Psalm 8 and verse 3. I see your heavens, the work of your fingers. That anthropomorphic term is talking about his creativity. The moon and the stars you've established. Psalm 16, verse 11. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. God has created pleasures for us as a thank you, as a reward, as a joy. The word for pleasures is naim, and the definition includes something sweet, something musical, something beautiful. Isaiah 40, in verse 28, we see that, well, how can we guess? Why would we limit to what we think that heaven would be? Because it says very clearly, Isaiah 40 and verse 28, his understanding is unsearchable. And we look at Isaiah 40, 48 and verse 13, and it tells you just on our creation here, now, 
And even under the curse, we still see beautiful things. My hand laid out the foundation of the earth, says the Lord. My right hand spread out the heavens. He's done that just in this existence. What would it be like? Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 11. I love this so much. God has made everything beautiful in its own time. He has created these things, and it indeed says it's beautiful. And when we see it in its full expression, it's absolutely gorgeous. He's created eternity in the hearts of each person. So when they start trying to guess things, it says man can't see the work from beginning to end of God. And so we understand we can't start making these wild judgments about how limited heaven is. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 11, we don't have the grasp of it. We see eternity, we have a yearning for eternity, but we are not able to grasp the beginning and the end. Isaiah 64 and verse 8, we are all formed by your hand, Lord. We are formed. And the beauty of each person, their creativity, their laughter, their their wonder, their strength, uh, their humor, their uh, just their friendliness, and their intellect, all of these different things, and that love for the Lord, that spirit too, all made by the Lord, all formed by his hand. Ephesians 2.10 says we're God's workmanship. Now think about this. As he has invented something called laughter, as he's invented something called taste buds in which we can enjoy food, and, and he's invented friendships and beautiful things and eyes that can behold all of this, why would there be a step down in eternity? Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. You've heard this so many times. You've knit me even when I was in the womb, Lord. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. If that's us here on earth right now, wonderfully made, what will heaven be like? Wonderful are your works. My soul knows that. Deep down we realize there is an agreement with 1 Corinthians 2.9, Christian, that he has something pleasant and pleasing for us. There are indeed pleasures forevermore there. Psalm 17.15, when I see your likeness, Lord, I'll be satisfied. What you are building is going to be more than satisfied. Isn't there some reality show where they're going to flip a house or fix it, and they'll show clips of people that could not stand what the builders did? Well, that's not going to happen here. We're going to be absolutely stunned with what we see here. Exodus chapter 35, verses 30 through 35. It tells us on earth when the Lord was working in the promised land and, he, and, and the work of the tabernacle and such. It tells us then that this creative God, this God, the creator, made people creative. He filled them with artist, artistic skills, gave these people workers in gold, workers in silver, in bronze, stonework, wood, in crafts, that passage says in Exodus 35, engravers, embroiderers, weavers, designers. These are finite men who do magnificent things that we even see today in constructions and we're in wonder. God has filled them with that creativity and then he's going to say, now here's how I do it. And this is going to be the housing of heaven, the streetways of heaven, the music of heaven, the foods of heaven, the laughter of heaven, the the holidays of heaven. Job 37, verses 15 and 16. God controls the clouds here on earth. He makes the lightning flash. He actually poises, holds the clouds in there and holds them poised there. And I repeat again, and this is on this earth and we still see wondrous things. And we see when we look in Romans chapter 1 and verse 20. Since 
the beginning of creation, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature is showing us that we can understand what is made is made by him. This is not only God the creator, God the creative. And it only takes me a couple of uh, different shows on National Geographic type shows when I start loving to see all these wonderful, wonderful truths of the, the creation of God, the wonder of the, the sea life and the animal life and the weather patterns and the, and the sunsets and the aurora borealis. And I'm just stunned by that. And that's just here on this globe. So much more is being promised to us beyond there. I'll remind you once again, even though we can get handfuls of heaven, as verse 10 says, First Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 says, it's beyond our imagination what God has prepared for those who love him. And if you are a believer in Christ, you are a follower of Jesus, you've taken the path and accepted his invitation for salvation, given him your life and following him. Why, it's amazing the future of you being with others, these other fellow Christians of all times, singing, rejoicing, being with a whole new entity of beings known as angels, and all of the wonders that are only hinted at for the Christian in Revelation, that's going to be a reality. We see things right now when it's kind of cloudy, 1 Corinthians 13, 12. It's like looking through a glass darkly. But then we'll see face to face. Not only these things will be revealed, this one, the ultimate, the creator, God the creative, will also be there. And he's going to say, take a look at what I've made for you. And we can also say, all the praise, the glory, and the honor goes to you, Lord. This is magnificent. That's just a hint of heaven. Thank you so much, friends. A little encouragement here for each of us as we see the scripture, seeing God is a magnificent creator here. And boy, just wait until we take the step into eternity. Thank you. God bless you. And Lord willing, we'll talk soon. In order for the Heaven Tour to continue fulfilling our mission, we humbly ask for your support. Your generosity allows us to continue to proclaim and explain the biblical truth of heaven and to mentor many. All eligible donations are tax deductible, so please prayerfully consider an end of year gift. You can send your gift to the Heaven Tour, P.O. Box 795 Pickens, South Carolina 29671. Thank you and have a blessed Thanksgiving.